This month's Where Did the Road Go is brought to you by seven awesome people. Greg Ross, Illuminati, Allison Cook, Super Inframan, 36 Dingo, Kurt Magnuski, and Michael Fritschi. Thank you all for helping make this show possible. Transmission start. Welcome to Where Did the Road Go? Join us as we wander off the path and explore lost history, consciousness, the paranormal, unexplained mysteries, alternative thought, and much more. We are present on the web at wheredidtheroadgo.com. Now here is your host, Soraya. Welcome to this edition of Where Did the Road Go? And tonight I have, for the first time ever as a roundtable, Leo Watson. Hi there. James Salicito. Hello. And Suzanne Chancellor. Good evening, everyone. And all three of you have been on the show separately. I think, Suzanne, you were most recent. Right. And then, Leo, you, you were, for anyone who doesn't know, you were this uh, Strange Love Monster episode. That's right. Yep. And uh, James, it's been a while since James has been on. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, was, it, was it last year already or was it just the beginning of this year? I can't remember now. Yeah, I have no concept of time. I can't help you there. I think it was over a year because I, of the thing that I'm going to talk about happened last summer. So I think it was over a year. Okay. All right. And so this is just going to be kind of an open, wandering the road type conversation, but uh, symbols, dreams, things like that are going to be part of it. Um, but James, you, you, I want to start with you and the, the blue light, because this is something I'm, I'm finding popping up a bunch lately. So, so why don't you tell that story and then I'll, I'll add my stuff to it. Yeah, um, so I have, um, not to plug it anything, but I do have my own podcast that I do. Uh, it's just called Salcedo Paranormal, and I'm very lucky. I have a lot of good friends that uh, will come on uh, and do shows, shows with me here and there. And uh, I think it was the beginning of last summer, I had a friend. Uh, if you look up my shows, um, Derek is his first name. And uh, we were going to do a show just about all the possible ways for other entities to make contact with people and we of course we framed it with the ufo alien thing but we, we really you know the plan was to just go wherever we wanted to but not long after we started talking about planning that show um there's one night where i walked outside to get the mail it was actually early morning i'm an, i'm nocturnal basically um and uh, part of that is because I, I my eyes i'm legally blind and my eyes are really sensitive to light and they they i get eye strain really easily and so I walked outside around 3, 3.30 in the morning one day uh, to get the mail. Now, I could see the moon, and I saw at first what I thought was a star off to the left of the moon a ways. And I'm sorry, my heater just turned on, so sorry about any noises. But um, And I was looking at it I was, as I was walking around uh, my court or my street. It's basically like a, a rectangle with a building on each side and one uh, one entrance exit uh, driveway or road. And so I was walking around uh, my, my court and um, as I was walking, I was just looking up at the light and I was thinking about the show that my friend and I were going to do at some point. And I just started thinking as I got closer to the mailbox, um, wouldn't it be amazing if this was something other than just a star or, or which is what I figured it was, even though it was odd because I normally don't see a lot of stars. 
I thought it'd be amazing if this was more than just a star or a satellite or a plane or another planet, whatever it was I was seeing. I wasn't even thinking it was anything at first. Um, but I had this thought as I was walking, uh, getting near uh, close to the mailbox, and um, I I lost sight of this light as I was thinking this because there was a tree uh, between uh, myself and the light. And when I came out from behind that tree, I noticed the light had changed color from like a, a star color, like an orange or a white. I'm not really sure. I just knew it was a, a bright light. More more like orange to, to maybe white around there. I'm not sure. Um, and when I got out from behind that tree, it was blue. It had changed to a blue light. And around the same time, I got this sense of a presence coming from that direction i don't know for sure if it was the light itself or if it was just something in that direction that was generated i don't really know what the light was um except like i said i just had this sense of another uh intelligence there and i just stopped because i could not believe i was seeing something in the sky i've i've had experiences throughout my life with um seeing apparitions uh hearing basically uh, you might call it ghost activity even though i don't really uh go with that all the time because i don't know what ghosts are for sure right I think they can be a lot of things and so but i never expected to see anything in the sky because of my low vision uh and so i was really shocked and i was just standing there and i was thinking okay that's that's not just a drone or a plane or a star as far as i can tell and uh I, so i decided to try something um that I've, I've heard about over the years in different all kinds of shows I decided to try um, thinking toward it, sending sending thoughts to it. And, of course, the first one I, I, I sent was, hello. And I feel like I got a response, but it was so lightning fast that I almost didn't register it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, a, it was a hello back. It was hello, same thing I had said. But it was, the voice was really odd because it was almost like it, it wasn't a voice. I just got this real quick, like as fast as you could say hello, just think of that and then increase the speed even more. And that shocked me because, again, this is just another sign that this is not just a light. And so I was just standing there looking up at it and I started to ask questions slowly, like, um, you know, who are you? What, uh, how did, what do you what is your purpose in this you know here like where where I'm at and I never got any responses from any other questions um so I um I stood there for a few minutes or so and just looking at it and then I decided okay I can't stand out here all morning and I really want to tell my friends online I have a, I've I'm on Discord a lot and so I decided I would want to tell my friends about this and so I got my mail, I turned away and I got my mail and started walking back to my apartment and this light was there the whole time and, but it never moved out of that time. And, uh, I just, um, I, I thought, I set the thought towards it saying goodbye, basically. And I was walking to my apartment. I was thinking as I was opening the door and closing it, I was thinking, yeah, I'll probably never see that again. That was amazing. Right. And, and so that was it for that night and uh and for i'd say a good week or so i didn't see anything else in the sky so i thought oh yeah that was amazing i'll never see that again and then i saw it five mornings in a row Mm. Mm. (laughs) and then um and then one other one other night i saw it with my mom she actually saw it for a minute as well so that's just the first encounter there she um just described it as a light a blue light she couldn't really look at it for very long she um she had 
had to have neck surgery uh, for uh, issues with her neck and back and things. So she couldn't, unfortunately, she couldn't really look up at it for more than, you know, maybe a, a few seconds without it causing pain. Yeah. So, but at least I know she did see it. Wow. That's interesting. Was it moving? Not that first time, no. Uh, there oh. was another time where it did seem to move, um, but that was uh, that was the the second time. Now, now, how, how explain to people how bad your vision is? Yeah, um, so I can see. I'm extremely nearsighted. I can see. Um, I can see people that are around me, but I can't. Usually, I can't see any. Uh, distinct physical features. Um, I can never tell eye color. Okay. Uh, anyone's eye color because it's just it's it's such a small, uh, relatively speaking, it's such a small part of you know someone's features. Um, and so I can also I can read. Um, I can look at things on a computer screen, but I I have everything on my computer at twelve hundred percent zoom. Wow. <laughs> mm. oh. So, yeah, it's really fun trying to navigate when you're only ever seeing a one small rectangle of the screen at, yeah. at a time. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you use a screen reader sometimes, James? Uh, sometimes, here and there, yeah. I've actually, I've found that um, a lot of uh, web browsers now have decent screen readers for, you know, reading articles and things. So, yeah. that helps a lot. That's true. I, I, I discovered that recently, and it's like, oh, you can just listen to the article. Yes. Right. And it doesn't yep. sound like a computer reading. It actually sounds like a person reading it. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. It is. It is. Because that robot voice, I've listened to that for years, and that gets so old after a while. <laughs> Every once in a while, it'll get to a word and say it weird, and you're like, what? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting that the light was blue. I mean, and, and the fact that your eyesight is like that, I would feel like that's mm. not something you would normally be able to see, right? Right. Exactly. Especially at... at that distance, and of course, again, I'm speaking relative distances. I don't know how close or far away it really was. But yeah, the fact that I saw anything, because I mentioned stars earlier. I hardly ever see stars at night. Um, it has to be, I have to be in an area with basically no light pollution, um, and or they have to be an exceptionally bright star for me to ever see even one or two. Mm. And so I, that's why I was so surprised to see that. I can't even see when the moon is is just starting, when it's just that sliver or even at half, the halfway point. I I can't always see it because it's just there's not enough there. Right. Mm. So, so so when you were looking at this, James, you, you, you could see, so you could make out a distinct blue kind of form, like a circle. Yeah. Yep. It was just like a circle. Um, yep. And and it did uh, in in future sightings it did sort of change change shape almost like it was growing slightly and then shrinking again mm. um, but not evenly it was almost like a blob where there were there were it was changing shape at random in different parts of it mm. so uh, yeah and uh, yeah so it really I really did surprise me did you feel that the light was actually pulsating? pulsating at all or did it seem like it was just like a constant glow of the same intensity i felt like it was the same the whole time okay yeah. okay interesting so what do you think it was uh i all i can say for sure is it there was some kind of it felt like sentience to it there was a presence right, there right um, communication yeah beyond that i don't know uh i i i've labeled it before just for people that like aren't really into any of these things i've labeled it as sort of like a ufo or or the the more recent term UAP, 
but I just like with all my other experiences, I don't really know what it is for sure, except it, it definitely um, I could tell it was more than just a, a light. Yeah, it's interesting that it, it presented itself to you in a form that you could recognize that you could perceive. Right. Yes. So, so much. Yeah. Of- Normal is is linked to perception, and you know, different people will perceive the same thing in different ways. Exactly. There's sound, there's light in different ways, and then yeah. it, it, like, if this thing had appeared as a metallic orb in the sky, you probably wouldn't have seen it, right? Like, if it wasn't lit up. Yeah, and if it had moved, if it had done any kind of uh, fast movement, I would have lost it. Mm-hmm. And if it never came back to that spot, I would never have seen it again. It was like it was aware of yeah. my low vision and and working with that. And also uh, communicating kind of a presence that you could pick up on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm I'm interested in in the why the color blue. Um, I had an experience years ago when I woke up and when I looked around, everything was a shade of blue. And I freaked out a little bit because I thought there was something wrong with my eyes. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on? And I got up out of bed and I walked into the other room and suddenly everything was normal. And I was like, okay, what was that? And I figured, well, maybe it's just kind of some kind of sleep thing. I I don't know. I looked it up and I couldn't find any like explanation as to why I would be seeing everything in a shade of blue. And then just recently on one of the Paratopias I was listening to, Jeff Fritzman talks about the exact same thing happening to him. But I, I forget. I think it was in, while something else was going on, he said everything suddenly was shaded blue. What? And I was like, there's so many times where, I mean, I'm, I wish Jeff wasn't dead, period. But so many times where I'm like, I want to talk to you about this. I never talked right. to you about this. I didn't know about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like we all have, those of us that have multiple experiences, It's you can forget things until something pops up and yeah and right like, when oh, somebody wow. else talks about it exactly yeah and i'm just wondering is there something special about the color blue that hmm. would would make that a more common color to have in these experiences is it a more common color or maybe something pr- that can only present itself in a certain light spectrum yeah i, I do remember noticing in movies this pattern um uh, there'd be like, say, a science fiction movie or or different types of movies where there'd be like a big vortex coming down from the sky, like a big lightning bolt or a big sort of column of light or something. And like, let's say, I don't know what type of movie. Um, uh, I'll think of some examples, but 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 like and, and it's always blue. Like yeah. It's always kind True. of blue. Like, look for that as you're watching movies and surprising how often this vortex of blue. Yeah. Shows huh. up. Hmm. That's that's an interesting point. But this was just in the last couple of days I, I heard that episode. It was just like, that happened to me, but differently, because I had it upon awakening and he had it during an experience or at the tail end of an experience or something. So I wonder if anyone else has had that, that where everything just looked like you were looking through a blue lens. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that you you're, um, you just triggered for me, for me in my mind is um, between the second and third sightings, I had uh, experience in my apartment with another thing. I can't remember if I talked about it on this show before or not. Um, I've had a ghost cat that I've had encounters with Uh a couple times over the years. And uh, that day, um, basically in between the second and third sightings of the blue light, that ghost cat seems to have come and visited for just a minute. And the thing about that is usually it's just sounds that I hear, but they're sounds that don't make sense. Uh, in other words, uh, in this one case, I heard the sound of a cat walking on this table where I have my, my TV and my 
my gaming console. I heard the sound of it walking around on this this card table that I have. That's what I have those things on. So I heard that that sound of of the paws hitting this soft uh, surface of this table walking around. But I I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember which one now. But um, what was odd about that is I I do have a cat and but whenever she she is on that table I can always hear her walk or jump onto the table right first obviously there's there's gonna be sounds there was no sounds of that and I, as I was really realizing this I decided to take a look and the, so I sat forward in my chair and I I wear a blindfold when I'm listening to things a lot I'm actually wearing it right now um just to cut down on the eye strain and everything. And so I sat forward in my chair and lifted up my blindfold. And as soon as I got to where I could see around that corner of the TV, of the side of the TV, the sound stopped. And of course, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, so let, let's move on to the, the thing with, uh, I don't know, should we do the symbols or do you want to talk about the retro causality stuff, Suzanne? I really don't care. I'm going <laughs> to let you pick. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's start with the retro causality. Let's do it. So I, I brought this up to you when you were on the show, and I forget the circumstances. Um, well, I can tell you a, a brief synopsis if you'd yeah. like. Um, well, what happened was we had a, well, I was in the backyard in 2015 during the summer. It was after um, sunset, so it was still quite bright out. And as I was in the backyard, I looked over my back fence. Uh, there's a lake behind my house. And I saw a gigantic 10 foot in diameter, or I'm guessing it was about 10 feet in diameter, of roiling lava coming up out of a lake behind my house. That's and just... I have never seen anything like this in my life. And we talked about like the one-offs. Yeah. This was a this was a one-off. I mean, I have had a multitude of different experiences in my life, and this one I've never had since and never before. Um, seeing this rising up out of the lake. And the best way I can describe it is that the interior of this orb seemed like it was alive. And that's like it was like roiling over inside of itself. But the exterior of this sphere seemed to be solid. For example, if you took like a pinball, like a metallic pinball, and you could see through it and it was all lava inside, that's how it felt. Like it felt like it was like cool on the outside, but roiling hot on the inside. And as it was coming up out of this lake, my husband or my fiance at the time was in the backyard. And I said, oh my God, come and look at this now, now, now. What was happening is it was going to disappear behind the tree line, okay? And I knew that it was going to reappear above it. if We just kept staring in that one location, but it never did. It just completely disappeared. And I was out of my mind, like in a frenzy. I mean, I was like panicked because here I'd seen this thing that was just so like out of this world. And the, the more I tried to describe it to him, the more he looked at me like it was absolutely insane. And he's an experiencer, you know, mm-hmm. but he didn't see it at all. He didn't see it because he was on the other side of the yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and there was a house. There's a house right directly behind us. And so I had gone and looked at it on the um, very right hand side of the house. And he was actually on the left hand side of the house at the time that I saw it. And so, so this is this lake is part of your property, or it's like it's next? right there's right behind my property. There's a street, and then there's the lake mm-hmm. on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. So I could see, like, if I stand in my backyard, I can see across the lake and the houses on the other side of the lake that face their backyards face me. So I can see the lake clear as day. Yeah. And, and I'm, you hear these stories of UFOs coming out of the water. There's a lot of that. 
Oh, yeah. This, this is not, you know, a traditional UFO or whatever, but this is yes. like a plasma type of yes. behavior. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And at, at that time, with all the research that I had done um, to try and figure out all the things that had happened in my life, I had never gone down this rabbit hole about orange orbs. <laughs> and so, you know, that opened up a whole new, you know, a, you know, exploration for me of, of trying to figure out what those are. And then hearing how many people had seen similar things. And so, you know, obviously there's still no explanation, but what... Regardless, what ended up happening was that um, right after I was in this frenzy of trying to explain to Jack, oh, my gosh, you know, it was this and we have to go look for it. He looked at me like, I don't know, like he got this blank look on his face. Like he was like having, I don't know he was like out of body or something, but he put his hands on my shoulders and he looked right at me and, and he said, what you saw was meant only for you. Mm-hmm. But it was like it wasn't even his voice. It was almost like. Something was channeling through him in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right at that moment that he said that to me, a monarch butterfly flew right in between us, our faces. I mean, literally, we were like a foot apart. Mm. <laughs> and then I just, it's like I snapped out of it and I said, we need to go look for this thing. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I said, no, no, we are going. <laughs> so we went around the neighborhood and I thought, you know what? Somebody else must have seen this. If like, I saw this and... I'm sorry. Did you drive around in the car? We did. Right. Yeah, we did. And I thought, well, maybe there's got to be like a fire engine somewhere. There's got to be somebody looking at the sky. There's got to be somebody standing out by the lake. There was nothing. And so oddly enough, um, so the next day it was extremely warm that it was August 4th and um, it was really, really hot that time of year. And the next morning um, we went to bed and we woke up and we were woken up by the sound of the electricity going off because the air conditioning went off. And so that woke me up. And but when that went off, I could hear all this noise outside. And when I looked out the window, there was like all this like there was a huge storm. I couldn't see across my yard. There was like um, leaves and wind and tree branches, just and then there was lightning and thunder and so much rain. And I, I know this sounds silly, but I had just planted a bunch of baby tomatoes, and that's all I could think about <laughs> was that they were gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I opened the back door, and he's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> like my tomatoes. So I ran out there, and it's like we had like fifteen hundred lightning strikes in like fifteen minutes. Come to wow. find out. What we were experiencing was a microburst mm-hmm. and that caused the power outage and, you know, it happened and then it just went right through the neighborhood and then it was gone. And it was Thursday <laughs> and it was like the weirdest thing because he we had no power for four days and he worked the yeah. night shift at UPS and he would come home for his lunch break at 11 p.m. And then he would come home for the night at like three in the morning. So our schedules were very nocturnal as well. And, um, but what ended up happening is when he would come home for lunch, he started like biting his tongue and, and like, like, like trying to find a word, but he couldn't find it. And, and I was starting to really get concerned that something was definitely wrong with him. And, uh, so on the second day, we finally called the hospital and they said, oh, you probably should come in. And we went to the hospital and then they ambulanced us to a different hospital because when they did the MRI, he had a brain bleed. So, so, um, the, that happened and he ended up, they didn't know if he had a brain tumor because they couldn't see because of all the blood and, uh, turned out that he did not thank goodness. And, um, he is fine now, but I mean, it took a little while for him to recuperate from that, but 
Um, yeah, so when I told Soraya the story, he was telling me something that I'd never heard before and considered, and that was retrocausality. And so maybe you can take it from here and explain that, Soraya, how you explained it to me. Um, so the, the retrocausality idea that I have is that sometimes traumatic events get sent backwards in time, and we don't always pick them up one for, you know, for what they are. So they manifest as paranormal experiences. So sometimes they go back and you get a dream about something or whatever. Uh, but in this case, you know, the, the brain bleed and maybe the storm as well was traumatic enough that it sent this information backwards. And when you picked it up in the past, it converted to PK energy. You had this weird experience and that, that's why you, that was just for you because it was literally being generated by something that was going to happen in your future. Right. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense to anybody? <laughs> what yeah. do you guys think about that? I think there's definitely, you get paranormal things happening around death and around traumatic events. And, and, and then it's interesting to think of causality because you could say it's one is causing the other. Um, or the way I see it is more just they're, they're linked to, together. It's a, it's a, it's a foreshadowing of something coming. Right. You know? Well, I, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I took the way, part of the way I came up with this was uh, Dr. Bem's experiments in Cornell, where he was looking at psi research and showing that specifically traumatic or sexual images would be picked up. Uh, you know, in, in the tests, uh, the MRIs would, you know, the person's brain would respond to them before they were even picked by the computer at random. Yeah. So it, it suggests that traumatic things are more likely to move backwards in time, which of course is what we, we tend to, um, see, you know, like, like if you look at the, the, the Banshee, the Banshee is like this poltergeist activity that foreshadows someone's death. Right. Mm. And right. so it's like, okay, mm -hmm. is that information being sent backwards in time from when it happens? And that's right. creating the spontaneous PK that makes a poltergeist. Yeah. And I'm and not saying some, it happens. I, I'm not saying that explains all paranormal stuff, but in certain cases, it seems like that might be what's happening. Right. And someone experiencing it might think the Banshee caused the death. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So then I started thinking more about this because I have been having a lot of precognition. So then I'm thinking, okay, so would precognition fit into this equation? Probably. It has to, I think, because, you know, when you have precognitive dreams, that as well. And then I've been having these weird, I mean, seriously, every single day, something strange happens to me. Mm. And, and I mean, it might be the smallest thing, but I make a note of every single one because it just seems to be too, like, common. And, you know, like, is there something, you know, is this like a foreshadowing of something horrible? I start thinking about that because of what happened. Well, that's but, also, I mean, it could be this. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's also Eric Wargo's time loop theory, too. Mm. Uh, and he specifically focuses it on dreams. But his theory is that we live in a block universe. So wow. that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. We don't actually have free will, but we don't know we don't have free will, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, and that certain events will create time loops. Right. And time some, loop. What is, what is that? Yeah. The time loop would be like a precognitive dream. So the event is coming in the future and you happen to, to dream about it in the past. But it's, again, reverse causality. Well, it's kind of like there's a halo around the event, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, because it's big, it creates ripples. And then, you know, maybe everything creates ripples forward and backward, but, yes. but we just don't notice them, you know? 
We know we and, notice the traumatic things. Yeah, that's true. Like you said, the images—it's the same thing. Yeah. So the image, the traumatic image or the sexual image, or that has a strong emotional nervous system reaction. Like, has sort of yeah. Uh, you're literally perceiving it before it arrives. Okay, so not this is really strange. I know this is kind of like a weird one, but the other day I was upstairs dusting the guest room for company and we have a few bookshelves up there and I picked one book out of the bookshelf mm -hmm. and read the title and it was and I can't remember the author's name, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just looking at it and I don't know why I picked that book because I, it wasn't my book actually it was my husband's book and I put it back on the shelf later that night we were watching a game show that was one of the questions mm -hmm. yeah I wow. swear to God mm -hmm. I mean yeah. I've had chills saying that right now but this happens to me every day give you chills when you <laughs> when that happens it's it's uh, it's exciting but what I mean so is that retro causality I always have to stop what I'm doing when something like that happens. Like I just stop and what's the message? You know, what, what what am I supposed to be paying attention to something? Is this is there a reason why, what? you know, some is somebody trying to get my attention for a reason? Is there a reason why I picked this book? I mean, you start you could drive yourself crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I, I I just finished editing a book and, and I had the final meeting for the the back of the cover and I was um, going to Zoom call with the author, and I had this imprint in my mind. I'm, she lives, I know this is such a weird offshoot story, but she lives in a, a dome in, in um, Colorado, and, and her mother lives in a dome also across the valley from her. And I just had this weird thought. I'm like, I wonder how she, where she does her laundry, because I know she has solar <laughs> power, you know what I mean? But it was yeah. just a random thing. And so we Zoom call. She's at her mom's doing laundry. <laughs> 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 I'm not kidding. But I, for you, it's really, it's really frequent for you. I noticed that when you were on the show before I listened to it, it it's like, I really, I mean, I have stuff, James, you have stuff, Soraya, you definitely have stuff like, but it seems you have a really high frequency, uh, like for, for whatever reason. Well, there's, I, th I think there's multiple things going on. I think some of it's retro causa causality, some of it's synchronicity that we may be creating ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the, the, the idea that, that our unconscious sigh abilities are actually, you know, creating synchronicities. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it can be something trying to be communicated to us. Mm -hmm. you know, so I think there's a host of different things that can cause things that look similar. Yeah. 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 I'm wondering about that with, um, in terms of dreams, because over the years I've had uh, several dreams of places I had never been to before, and and I would wander around, and then of course the the dream or the what I'm wondering now if it was an out of body experience or whatever it was, it would end, and then either months or years later I would end up in that place. Mm -hmm. Wow! And it was never anything. There was never any major life events attached to any of these places that I went to in my dreams first and in person later. But it was odd also because in the dreams, I was always alone. But of course, when I went to these places in person, uh, it was, there were people, people all around. And yeah. of course I had to have a ride to get there anyway. So it wouldn't be somewhere I'd go in the middle of the night, you know, usually. And I had that happen with so many places. I wonder yep. about that. If it has to be, if there's, if it has to be something that is dramatic or traumatic or if it doesn't or how all that, plays because i've just i've had so many experiences of that i had in one case three different dreams of three different places and um just months apart years apart 
and then several years later, I went to all three of those places in order in the same night. Wow. <laughs> the so yeah. I, I would I would say there's there's potentially a couple of things going on. First of all, you going to those places, even though nothing major happened there, they it probably threw you. You were probably like, "Whoa, I've this is what I dreamed," which could be the thing that sent the information back in time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very possibly. And it it definitely cemented my my sort of belief that there's more out there than just your every every everyday ordinary things, the physical world. There was something going on there that I can't explain. But yeah, that's a good good point as well. Maybe the experiences were the reason in a way. Yeah. Yeah, they they caused their own little time loops. Yeah. Um on Hellier when they did uh I don't know if any of you watched it, but at the one point they're doing the Estes method. Uh, spirit box thing and the guy doing it gets this vision of a can and then later they're in a random cave and he kicks a can that's exactly the can he visualized oh wow and then he starts freaking out like oh my god this is the can we're in the right place and i'm going no (laughs) right now you're freaking out because you found that can and you just sent that back to yourself while you were in a slightly altered state yeah and eric i guess Huh? If, if he had a precognition of the can, because when he saw the can, he had a strong emotional reaction because he had a precognition of it. Right. That's it, it creates a, you know what I mean? How do you resolve that causality problem there? Because, well, again, because it's, it's, you know what I mean? Yes. No, no. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons Eric Wargo likes the, the, the block universe idea. <laughs> that that there's no free will or anything. Everything's already happened. Mm-hmm. And so it it, it's necessary to, to have the conclusion that there isn't free will, though. Right. And it, I don't necessarily it, agree with that. Yeah. Right. Right. It's it, 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 because we, yeah, some things we, we learn in advance it doesn't mean there isn't free will, I don't think. I, I, I think that, I think, again, it's not, there's no simple answer to it. Um, yeah. I suspect that we're on a, like, like on a river, for instance, and we can choose to go down that river, river smoothly or roughly, or just completely get stuck in the mud, but we don't yeah. have the option to get on a completely different river. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Free will is something we have within a range, right? We obviously yeah. don't have total free will because we can't fly, right. uh, you know, <laughs> we, we will die at some point. Uh, like and and you know so i think every like everything else in nature everything is sort of within a, a range of flexibility right like there's it's like a balance between structure and flexibility yeah yeah and i mean if you think about it like playing a video game i mean the video game's all there every possible choice you could that, that you could make right. is accounted for <laughs> right and so like you're just kind of playing through it but because you haven't played through it you don't know what all those choices are and what all the results are yeah but yes. they're already written. Yeah, but they're already <laughs> written. And every they're variation written, of them uh, is already written. They're written as possibilities. Yes. That that you, you may encounter. And we know, yeah, we not everything is possible in the game, same as in life. But there are many things that are possible. And and I think with, with the whole retro-causality thing, I think it's that time doesn't move in one direction. We think it does because that's right. how our exactly. brains perceive it. But some things move in the opposite direction. So the, the present can affect the past. Right. Yeah. Do, Which, do you remember that scene in Interstellar? Yes. Yeah. That like that. Yes. What was that scene? When he's um, trying to communicate with his daughter and he's pressing a book through the bookcase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I will never uh, forget that. That was cool. And and same with Arrival. I know, Sarai, you're a fan of the movie Arrival. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, it really works with time a lot, that, that one. Um, she, I didn't really pick up on it the first time I watched it, and I watched it a couple more times. But, um, yeah, you see how the, and it's literally tied into the communication of the aliens. I don't know if James, mm-hmm. you've seen, have you seen that one? No, I, I'm over the last 10 years because of my vision changing. I've really, I, I only listen to things now. And I found that if I try to listen, just listen to movies, I end up wanting to watch and yeah. then uh-huh. causes, you know, problems because causes headaches and everything. So I haven't really watched a movie now in many years, but I've heard of, the, of both of those movies before. Right. So you used to be able to, to, so your vision has changed over the years and you used to be able to watch movies? Yeah, um, I, I that started about 10 years ago. It actually started after a possible abduction experience. Oh. Um, I didn't put that together and my, some friends and friends did for me when we were talking about one night. And um, I mean, I, I can go into that if you want to real quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I was asleep one night uh, in my apartment here, and at the time I was um, I was using a couch for uh, it was a huge couch that I just used as a bed, and so I went to sleep, and I don't know what time. Also, my cat says hello apparently, um, <laughs> and I so at the one point after I fell asleep, I started to open my eyes because I could feel that the couch was not beneath me anymore. Mm. It was a solid flat uh, surface. I can't tell. I don't remember now if it was metal or plastic or, but I just know obviously it was not a couch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also could not move except for I could open my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I found I was in a room with <laughs> funny thing, funny enough, uh, blue walls. Oh, there mm-hmm. we go again. Yeah. Wow. And um, there were these, these cabinets or shelves that were built into a couple of the walls and it looked like they had like computer servers or hard drives in them maybe some kind of technology but no no no, um no screens no images and so i was laying there and i was trying to move and i couldn't move and i was trying to wake up because i figured well this is a really powerful vivid dream possibly sleep paralysis experience which i've never which i never had before or since Mm. And so I was looking around and I also noticed that the there were these two or three uh, just figures that were moving around me. But all I could see of them was like a blur. And of course, it was gray, but I couldn't see any details of these figures. And they were. And James, can I ask, was your in this experience, was your vision the same? Oh, sorry. I guess I guess this is the experience where your vision changed afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So before this experience, what was your vision like? Was it? Oh, I was. I've always. I was born legally blind, but I the see. yeah. There's other things that happened after this that uh, that got worse. Right. And um. So, but these blurs, they look like they were the regular height of a person, the average height around there. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, again, they were just blurs. I couldn't make out any features on them. And they were walking around or moving around this table almost as if they were doctors or medical it was like a medical type situation Mm. and i looked up and i couldn't either the ceiling was all just one solid surface with light coming out of it Mm. or there were just so many lights that i just could not see the ceiling i'm not sure which there Mm. um but uh so i was trying to move it and i noticed that there was something way up there that was starting to come down slowly and so of course i was still trying to move and then i heard my parents voices and they're both very much still alive and they both basically said it's okay 
James. Everything is okay. Mm. But they had no emotion in their voices. Oh. And yeah, and I, I was able to look in the direction that I heard the voices, and there were just two more of these gray blurs there. Mm-hmm. Like they, were so, Im- like they were imitating your parents' voices or something. Yes, yeah. and and they did they did a good job with the voices themselves, but there was no emotion, mm. and so I just knew that that was not them. And um, so all this time, this object is coming down from from above me, and eventually I see it is like a robotic arm mechanism, mm. and uh, of course, once it gets close enough, I can see that it has a needle on the end of it. Yeah, and um, I'm still trying to move, trying even harder and harder. Can't move, and and the, this whole experience ends with this needle touching my left eye, mm-hmm. and I could feel it touch it, mm. and then everything went went black. I didn't feel it anymore, and I woke up. Wow. And what happened after that? When you woke up? Nothing that day, but not long after that is when. My I started getting eye strain that I never had before and mm. light sensitivity. And those two things have, over the last decade, been slowly getting worse. And what, did it start with your left eye or was it sort of both eyes? It was both, but the the one thing about, I'll say about my left eye is that it is the stronger one, the better one. Oh. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that was. And this was an appreciation, like how long after this experience did your vision start to change? I don't remember exactly now, but I mean, definitely less than a, a few months, maybe a couple months, not even yeah. that. What what yeah. what did the optometrist say about it? Um, when I went to a, um, I didn't get to go to an eye doctor for for some time just because of um, insurance and all that fun yeah. stuff. Um, but when I did go, eventually, a couple times over the years, they couldn't find any. Thing unusual other than just the, the condition I already had and they said yeah there's we we can't really do anything about that about these new these new things mm. but they they didn't say they knew what they were or they didn't know what they were they just said yeah that's that's happening and that's you have to you know sorry about that that basically that's so sad i'm sorry yeah it's 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 a lot to get used to i i'm i um i used to be able to read books as long as i had special reading glasses and mm. Um, you know, regular regular size print books and everything, and I don't. Now I've switched mainly to audio because yeah. it's just it's so much easier. How did the what? How did you feel about the experience? Like uh, after that, did you feel like did, that they had caused this? Whoever these beings were, I didn't think about it until talking with friends years later. And I, I, the timing is—I don't know for sure, but the timing is odd and to me yeah. suggestive. Well, now, this needle and everything, it's, it's, but it's, yeah. but you say the left one was the stronger one. So it's almost like maybe they were, maybe this is something that was going to happen and they were trying to, you know, uh, mitigate it or something. I, I thought I the know. same thing, right? Right. Yeah. I have no idea for sure what yeah. their intentions were. I, I, that's why I'm not. Yeah. I, um, I don't even know if they were aliens in the traditional sense. I don't know and, what they were. And if, if you wanted to throw in the precognition idea, I mean, oh. potentially that experience happened because you were going to have problems with your sight. And oh, that's how wow, that's, yeah. that's how you translated that information in the past. Yeah. That's why I, I'm really, um, I always, I'm careful to say that I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. Yeah, that's always the um, best can, best thing to do. Yeah, I can tell you how things appeared or what what similarities that I've found in other people's experiences. I, I've 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 like I find stories online for my shows all the time, and I 
I share them, you know, I, I kind of um, rewrite them for grammar and spelling and I share them. And I, so I've, I've read and listened to a lot of stories over these years. And yeah, there's similarities. And I don't feel like this, that experience was connected to the blue light that I saw later. Mm. Um, the, the blue light that I saw later, I, I felt nothing but positive to neutral energy from it. Yeah. Mm. Um, this other experience, obviously, I was, I was afraid, very afraid of what was going on. Sure. Of course. Um, but again, I don't know. You know, of course, you're going to be afraid of it while it's happening. But looking <laughs> yeah. back on it, I don't know for sure that it was negative either. I right. had a, I had actually a really similar one. Mm. What you're talking about. So I, I this was maybe 15 years ago or something. I dreamt that I was up in a craft in the sky, flying over the ground uh, at a at a high speed, and then uh, just looking down at the ground, and then and then suddenly I was um, just in a situation where there was white light above me, just this ambient light. And you mentioned you, there was like a light above you, right? The ceiling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this was a white light. It wasn't a particular physical ceiling or anything, but it was just this area of white above me. Um, that somehow was a very significant part of it. Uh, and then robot arms coming down, um, out of this white kind of, I call it like an ambient haze or a glow. Yeah. Uh, robot arms coming down, but I wasn't afraid in this. It sounds actually it's pretty pretty graphic, but I wasn't I wasn't afraid. Uh, <sighs> and um don't worry, it's fine. I mean it was like <laughs> these two robot arms, like you know, with little pincers and you know, blades on them and all this stuff. <laughs> oh god. They're, they're coming down and they start cutting into my chest and but no pain. What? Uh, all, all the sensations there. Um but and and it's like they're they're whirring like you know and like mm, yeah the bone and cutting a square and then a, sort of a square around the middle of my chest and then a smaller square just above it um and 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 then they implanted some devices in those squares so there was one was a speaker and the other one was a microphone oh. and uh, the microphone was above the speaker. And, and, and I very, I could feel it. Like it, it wasn't so real, like an alien abduction. It, I, it was a dream, right? It wasn't yeah. like I was Travis Walton or whatever and getting abducted and pulled up into a craft. It was a dream. So, but, but it was, you know, vivid and it was the sensation of the cutting into the bone was definitely there. And they, I think there was like maybe some chunks of bone flying around. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. And, uh, and these very efficient sort of wheels and and but the white light was benevolent it wasn't just scary it didn't feel like it, it there was a peaceful feeling and and they were doing something to me that was they were doing something necessary like a practical sort of thing and uh like going to the doctor or something and then and then these devices and you know and of course nothing when i woke up there was nothing physical there was i didn't there was no marks or or implants or anything like that what? but but it's Go ahead. Sorry. Do you, do you remember what was going on in your life at the time? This right. is a period I was having a lot of. There was a period of a year or so when I had, I think, three probably what I would call big dreams. This is around my early to mid thirties or so. Right, but like and, as far as your normal life goes, was there was it was yeah, it very I mean, uh, liminal? The, yeah. So there was a, there was a few things. I just have I was having kids at that time. Mm -hmm. Two two young kids and uh, and uh, you know had got married, had kids. So I was kind of embarking on my uh, whereas before that, I was kind of, you know, a wandering lost soul or whatever. I was, you know, figuring out what I was doing. And this was around the time right after I sort of started getting my life together. Then a lot of very vivid things started happening. Uh, paranormal experiences and and things like dreams. Yeah. Um, 
but but then the 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 island stuff which we talked about in the last show was that maybe started a few years before that and that came along much later that picked up much later yeah. but there was this particular period where it was all these dreams foreshadowing the future that as i see it now um very highly symbolic highly vivid memorable and foreshadowing things that would happen down the road somewhere now um, you, you yeah. initially contacted me one of the things you wanted to talk about were, were the idea of symbols and dreams and stuff yeah yeah that's right so is yeah. that part of that Absolutely, yeah. So that was one of those, I'd say, three probably big dreams. Um, and when, so when I heard Suzanne on the show, I did that thing where I stopped in my tracks because Suzanne is describing this dream imagery that was very close to what I talked about. The other thing that happened was I was listening because I became a patron recently of the show. And so I have uh, been hearing the Patreon only episodes and there was one where you're talking to Tim, Tim Renner, mm-hmm. and he also describing similar dream imagery. And, and both times I just like, you know, did that thing where you get that strange feeling of something happening, uh, things lining up a little too much, <clears throat> things lining up more than usual. What, so, what was the imagery? And, do you remember? Yeah. The imagery is, um, is symbols like glyphs, like okay. uh, uh, characters, strange characters. So Suzanne, you dreamt of right. a, a grid of, yep. of of glyphs. I think you called them. Right. Uh, Tim dreamt of sort of a matrix of of characters in the sky. That's right. And, yeah. And, and then and then he had the sensation of being pulled out of the windshield of his car. He was in his car in the dream. Yep. 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 And, and then he kind of managed to stop it. I think he managed to stay in the car. Yeah, I think um, that I think that was the one we did live at his house. That's right. I remember yeah. you were the, all there together. Yeah, and um, the one I had so was yeah like this is I think it was November two thousand seven. Um, at the time I was writing for a, a online magazine. I'm not going to talk about which one it is exactly, but just because I'm sort of keeping myself private here. But but sure. I it, this site doesn't even exist anymore. But at the time I had a pretty good audience, and so I, I had started writing online about my experiences and. And uh, I had written an article about EVP and something I talked about on the last show too, EVP and ITC and my experiences with it. Yeah. Uh, instrumental transcommunication using radios and EVP recordings and stuff. And then around after I started writing for them, I had this dream of uh, I'm outside and looking up at the sky at night and, uh, and I see uh, symbols like glyphs again, like, like, like sort of exotic looking, maybe sort of alchemical symbols. I would describe them as stuff that I didn't recognize. And uh, there's rows of them in the sky. And uh, Suzanne, I guess you you might know about this because I think I'd send it to you in an email before. And uh, and they're sort of scrolling across the sky from left to right slowly. Right. Uh, very large up in the sky. And um, and one of them, the symbols, the strange, one of the notable things in the dream, stranger than the rest of the dream, was that one of them was a capital A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was sort of the highlight of the symbols. It was kind of the focal point, something I was meant to notice. And I'm looking at that, and then there's a woman actually. Then I notice there's a woman standing to my left, and she she's looking up at them too, and she says, "Not long now." Oh wow! Mm-hmm, just that phrase. And then I wake up, and then I'm watching TV later that night in real waking world, and uh, I'm watching this Jane uh, adaptation of a Jane Austen book, Northanger Abbey, and. Uh, there's a scene in it with they're in a carriage and robbers are breaking into the carriage or 
something's happening and then uh and then a guy looks at the camera and he says not long now <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> it's night after the dream uh, and so and it was strange because he was kind of breaking the fourth wall looking into the camera and saying it which was interesting so there was that dream but then what happened was this online this site i was writing for uh there was another writer on there and she uh she had written an article about online telepathy and 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 she had started this was in the early days of twitter uh and she had written about how you know things are always happening on twitter where she tweets something and then you know or somebody tweets something and something that she thought of as a precognition thing she just noticed all these things happening through and twitter was sort of a forum where where these types of synchronicities could happen and she'd noticed all these uh precognitions and and things like that and so she she tweeted about a dream that she had had and this was maybe i don't know a couple weeks after i had my dream pretty close and so she tweeted that she had a dream of an observatory uh and and characters were coming out of the telescope of the observatory they were coming out going up into the sky and they were glyphs and unrecognizable hieroglyphs or characters of some kind and one of them was a capital a oh yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. so uh and and we were literally writing for the same magazine we had never had any contact and never spoken and uh and and i hadn't written my article or anything so then i thought okay so something's happening and why are we getting this same imagery um very very specific imagery and again and then the other characters kind of dissolved and all she could see was this a and and i'm like okay i need to investigate this (laughs) and so i went on just kind of a process of figuring out what could this be about because to me when you know uh, that that's something being transmitted right to more than one person yeah and 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 so um that's why when i heard yours suzanne Mm -hmm. no i didn't see an a though no but but but, uh yeah but you had a grid of right well mine was i remember specifically i was dreaming of um i remember the dream too it was like i was there was a lot of rain and I was trying to get somewhere and all the streets were flooded mm-hmm. and it was very, very dark. And, and I was, it was almost like I was going to drown. And so I'm holding on to a railing and I'm trying to pull myself up. And as I'm doing that, I'm coming out of the dream. And as I open my eyes from the dream, I feel like I'm still in the dream, but kind of like halfway in and out of the REM sleep. Mm. And as I'm tr- opening my eyes, I'm looking at the ceiling and I almost feel like in waking time, I'm still seeing that I'm not still in this plane. But instead, what I'm seeing in the ceiling was a, you know, okay, so picture like an abacus or like, like there's like a lot of lines that have that go across horizontally. And then you've got like this frame and then across those horizontal lines are, it's like a grid. And then there were all these symbols that look like hieroglyphs and they were all flipping like cards. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 they almost look like maybe, um, Wheel of Fortune. Uh, uh, no, more like, um, what's Mahjong tiles? Oh, okay. Okay. So, so like if they were flipping and, and when they were flipping back and forth, they had symbols on them and then on each side they were different. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm trying to like, like when you squint your eyes to try and like, try and focus, 
Every mm. time I would close my eyes, it was like the reverse negative. So I was still seeing it in my eyelids. And when I opened my eyes, I could still see it in the ceiling, but it was the opposite. Like if, you know, like a negative, mm. it was like, 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 for example, if you look at a light bulb and you close your eyes, you have the impression still. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. they call that. I don't know what you call that, but. I think it's an after image. Is that? Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So when I close my eyes, I can still see the image and I open my eyes, I still see it in the ceiling and they're still flipping, but then it would fade. And then I'm like, okay, I just have to go back to the dream. So I close my eyes. I'm like, I just need to go back in. So I went back into the dream. And then when I came back to the dream again, it happened again. And this has happened a few times, but with different dreams mm. where I'll see this, whatever it is of different glyphs. And, it, and they and almost look like, um, like, like Egyptian hieroglyphs. There you go. I mean, it's pretty similar. It's uh, yeah. And, and the, you saw them on the ceiling. Yes. And which me, isn't the first time I've seen things in the ceiling, which is strange, but I don't know if it's part of a dream or I don't know. Yeah. yeah and for Tim, it was so, and, and Tim saw this, I think, rows or columns of, of symbols looking like the code in the matrix kind of, and it was up in the sky. Yeah. Well, I should have him draw them. We should all draw them yeah. and yeah, compare I, them. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the actual symbols other than the A. Like, I, I'm just drawing right, right. out of them. But yeah. But you know what? I, I wonder. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I, I, you don't have to confirm or deny this, but I'm just thinking it'd be really amazing if the name of that 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 that, that website you're writing for was started with an A. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't actually. Mm. Okay. All right, yeah. well, we gotta take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, quick mid-show break. Uh, the first thing I want to mention, uh, I am going to be at Alba Twitch, as far as I know, unless something disastrous happens. And that will be on the 14th of October in Columbia, Pennsylvania. So if you're in the area, you know, come on out. Uh, Timothy Renner will be there. I believe Christopher Ernst is coming out. And uh, who knows who else might show up. I won't be there till the afternoon, probably around 2 o'clock or so. And it only goes to like 5. I'm not sure what's going on after the event. We, we may be doing something after the event. So, uh, yeah, come out. Say hi. And I might have some uh, stuff. Plan is to uh, get the documentary Chris did on me, did about me in the show, on Blu-ray and DVD, and make a bunch of copies. And uh, you know, you can pick one up at the show at the Alba Twitch event, not show, but the Alba Twitch event, if you want. Um, yeah. So by next year, there should be a book. All right. Uh, I'm also going to be on Strange Realities uh, on the uh, on the Sunday, uh, which is in November. Uh, and, uh, that will be a three day event, two live days and one virtual day. As I said, I'll be on the virtual day and, uh, yeah, that's run by Cons Adam Sane and Conspiranormal. Normal. All right. Uh, contact info. If you, uh, want to get in touch with me, if you have a story you want to share, something weird that happened to you for one of our listeners stories show, or if you just want some feedback on it, uh, and you don't want it on the air, that's fine too. It's stories at where did the road uh, pretty much anything can be found at wheredittheroadgo.com. You can become a patron. It's only $3 a month, and you get extra content every week and some special stuff here and there as well for just 3 bucks. And I appreciate every bit of it. It all counts. Uh, it really does. Um, as for a recommendation, uh, I don't think I ever recommended Barbara Fisher's show, Six Degrees of John Keel, which is an excellent show. And I went down my list, and it's not on there. Uh, she was on with us last week. And if you like her at all on here, you'll love her on her show. 
And uh, so, yeah, that's my recommendation. Six Degrees of John Keel. Go check it out. All right. And now we go back. All right. You're listening to Where Did the Road Go? And I have with me tonight Suzanne Chancellor, Leo Watson, and James Salicito. See that? I remembered all your names without having to think about it. I think that's the key. I don't think about it. There you go. Don't get in your own way with your thoughts. Um, so I wanted to, to, since we're talking about dreams and stuff, I wanted to bring this up because I, I had heard about this a while ago. And it says, um, this this is from scientific, scientific research in dreams. Uh, even though you may see a text in a dream, it's unlikely for, you, for it to actually be written in a language you know or even to exist at all. The things we think we read in our dreams are actually just our own thoughts projected in your subconscious. So sadly, you can't read in dreams. But I've found that not to be true. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, yes, you look at text in a dream and it's, and it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. But, but there have been times where I have read, I mean, the, the best example I have, um, being a type A, type 1 diabetic, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. my blood sugar will go low when I'm sleeping. And I won't wake up right away. And I have literally woken up because I'm in the dream. And like, like in one, one example, spray painted on the wall of a building was, your sugar is low, wake up. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. <laughs> and I went, awesome. and I'm reading it going, what? Oh, crap. And then I wake up, and sure enough, my blood sugar was low. Wow. So great. Okay, finish that one, but then I have another one that's similar. Uh, well, that, that was all there was to it. I'm just okay. saying, like, there are times where I've been able to read, and especially lately, uh, like, I'll look at something, and I'll be like, I can't quite read that. And I'm like, oh, I'm dreaming. I'm going to focus yeah. on this harder, and then I'm able to read it, and, like, it actually resolves into letters. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Mm. And then, well, in my dream, the, the A I could read, you know, right. there was definitely right. the A. And I, oh, I've had other dreams. I've seen stuff scrawled on walls in dreams. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a dream where it was telling me there was a particular friend of mine was good for my spiritual well-being. Nice. And it was it was written on a wall. Was wow. it accurate? I don't think it was, actually. <laughs> It actually really conflicted me because I was like, I, I'm not sure that he is. <laughs> anyway. Maybe but, it uh, was, but not in the way you realize. Not in the way that I that I thought. Yeah. And I think in i I think in some ways he was. But but yeah, no, I think I think the yes, you can read in dreams at times, for sure. So I have a funny story about um sort of messages from a dream but also mixed with um audiobooks mm. and possibly a visitation. I I'm 99% sure it was visitation from loved ones. So I was listening to to uh, the first in in Robert Renault's book, a uh, series of books on out-of-body experiences one day, just sitting in my, my chair in front of my computer listening to it. And as happens so often when I'm doing that, I fell asleep, mm-hmm. which is really annoying when you're always listening to things and you fall asleep and you have to go back and rewind and try Very to figure true. out where you were at. Well, it's like I do with every single TV show I watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um so and I, I in this this dream or this I, I wasn't a regular it wasn't a regular dream. This experience, I think is what I'll just call it. I was back I found myself back in my grandparents what used to be my grandparents' house. They both uh, passed away years ago now. But I was back there and I've gone back there a lot in my dreams and other experiences, but I was back there, and they were both there in the living room, and all their furniture was back and everything. It was like I was there back when they were there still. 
but there was this voice that was playing and I could not figure out where it was coming from in the house and I was so annoyed because okay I can sense that my grandparents are here I want to talk with them I don't want this voice whatever they're talking about mm. in here making all this noise when I want to visit with my family so I was just walking around the house trying to find the source of this noise. Yeah. And I didn't notice it. I didn't register it at the time. But uh, at one point, I noticed there was uh, one of my old laptops was sitting on the dining room table. You yeah. would think that would have been a clue, but it wasn't. And this I is a dream, though? Like, dream, out of body experience, out of body or whatever from loved ones. I think right. it was a mix of things. Right. And I just was wandering around eventually and my my grandparents are both just watching me and smiling and and at one point my grandma laughed and said it's coming from you james <laughs> and that go. got me to stop and i realized oh it's the audiobook <laughs> and i I, I woke myself up laughing because I was laughing at that and realized here I was listening to a, a book about out-of-body experiences and having an out-of-body experience with my grandparents and it took, took my the, the ghost of my grandparents to let me know what was going on. Well, it's, it's similar to Soraya's thing where it's identifying something happening in the physical world, right? Yeah. Like- blood sugar's low or yeah. you know no your audio book is playing you know so it's like in the dream it, it it's aware of the difference like there's an intelligence in the dream you know yep it's I, I i had one where so i have a habit of eating chocolate at night like <laughs> me too yeah yeah like just as a little thing to relax for a better hours i eat some dark chocolate and then uh, yeah yeah and uh and then i had another brand this one night and um different levels of cocoa or whatever it is and uh cocoa butter or something and uh and yeah, it, it was definitely a different ingredients in it. And so I and then I'm having a dream and it's totally chaotic and, and there's violence and and everything's just, uh, you know, it's it's like it's a nightmare, basically. But it's just chaos and uh, can't make sense of it. And, and, and people are being hurt and there's violence and, and all that. And then in the middle of the chaos, there's a voice telling me uh, voice says it's the sweets. Oh. And, and it takes my and it shows my brain. It opens my brain in like a cross section and shows me the inside of my brain and shows a chemical going through it. Wow! Huh. And explaining to me that this is this it's the sweets and you're eating it right before you go to bed, and it's causing your brain. It's changing your brain chemistry in some way. Wow! And so similar to yours, uh, Soraya, with yeah. the uh, the blood sugar thing, and it's just literally telling you, you know. And so, like, you know, so I don't eat that brand anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's very practical. uh, You you had also brought up the the glyphs I was being shown. Yes. But those were were different. Okay, so those those were directly connected to Hecate, which I learned later. And basically what I was being shown is, like, four-dimensional keys. And what was was that word you just used, Soraya? Heka what? Hecate, the goddess Hecate. Oh, okay. What what is that? Um, that would take a show. That's been a show, oh, okay. actually. That's, yes, <laughs> it has been. Very good show. Um, so I, I've I've had interactions with Hecate for, actually all of my life and didn't recognize it. Oh, okay. and it's not until recently when the key thing started that I started putting pieces together. But before I realized that was a Hecate thing, and I had this woman in these dreams showing me four dimensional keys. 
And mm. I was just like, I don't, these are amazing. Like, I don't know what to do with this in the real world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you say a key, what exactly do you mean by that? It looked like an old style key, but it had too many dimensions to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it, it didn't work in that. the real yeah. world. What was that? I remember you describing the, the multi-dimensional aspect. So you could see it as a three-dimensional object, but then you had a sensation that there was part of it you couldn't perceive directly? No, I could see it as a four-dimensional object in the dream. It's just I couldn't parse it when I woke up. So Hmm. in the dream, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. It was glowing. It was doing all this stuff. And then when I woke up, I'm like, I can't even draw that. Like that's (laughs) like those dimensions don't exist. So wow. you can actually perceive the multi-dimensional part of it. Yes. that's That reminds me of sort of when people have out-of-body experiences or whatever, and they perceive colors that aren't on our spectrum. Yes. Right. Yeah. It seems a bit like that. that's very, and it's a key. And what gave you the impression that it was a key? Like it looked, it looked like, like it a just, key. It looked like a key. Yeah. Right. But right. It, it was, it was also so complex that it almost looked like a cityscape on, yes. you yeah. know, where, where you have the, the ups and downs on it. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a traditional key, right? Like that's what you said before, right? Right. Uh, And really complex. That's interesting. Now, the reason I connected that with the glyph stuff that is going on is that the glyphs were kind of indecipherable, but then the A was decipherable. And and the whole theme I got from it was like something encoded, like, like, um, and then unencrypted, mm. and that we could then perceive. And in cri- cryptography, the word key is used to, like in technology and IT, you know, like there's a key, there, there's right. encrypted, and then there's a key, which is just a, a code that is used to encrypt it. And then if you have that key, you can unencrypt the encrypted, you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, you know, and this multidimensional aspect and, and you know, the key reminds me of the glyphs. And it's like you, it's like it's showing you some way of unlocking something. I had sure. not actually thought about it like that, but that's really interesting. Now I'm going to have to go back and relook at that stuff. You know, right. this kind of reminds me of when you're talking about multidimensional, um, well, the key in itself. Um, I had an experience of being on a craft when I was nine and I saw a multi-dimensional algebraic equation mm-hmm. that was that was inside of a hologram. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we are all our lives being shown, you know, on the chalkboard or, you know, on your paper and now computers, obviously. Oh, I think what but, you're talking about is 100% the same as what Sarai's talking about. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, so, right. yes. So, dimensional, like... Yeah. And, see, and you understood I was nine, so I didn't understand any of that stuff. You know what right. I mean? Right. But, but when I when I'm looking at this, I was looking at this um, equation, but I actually went to the side of it and I saw that it actually went behind it. Also. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. So the equation was not only as you looked at it directly, but when I went to the side, it went behind it too, and it was also part of what like another dimension. And it also was a different equation, but it was so Uh, hard to explain. It had multiple equations in it kind of thing, depending on what angle. The way you looked at it, correct. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. So it had all these different um, solutions to the same, yes. Mm, So when you would look at it, you know, one-dimensionally, if you look at the same equation three-dimensionally, it would mean something completely different. Yeah, that makes sense. With, With me, it was almost like as you changed perspective on the key, you could see different parts of it. 
that yes. shouldn't be there from yes. you know a normal in a normal three dimensional world. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Like there were extra dimensions there, and as the key was kind of turned slightly, I'd be like, "Whoa, okay, that's really cool." Wow, almost like looking so, almost like looking at a hologram where it's a flat surface, yes. but as you turn it, it becomes a three dimensional surface. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I'm wondering now. Um, listening to all your experiences. It's kind of funny because at first I was thinking, well, I've never had that experience before. And then I was like, oh, well, wait, you might not because you are legally blind. Right. Why is anyone going to be showing you symbols or glyphs uh, well, or whatever? You know, it's just funny. It's really, it really is amazing. Well, that's interesting, though, James, because, I mean, like what um, it's like this whole thing it is about accessibility and like like ability is a relative thing right like mm -hmm. we have this idea of people that are normal able-bodied and people have disabilities and that sort of thing but in a sense we're all limited in our perceptions and sure. abilities right and and so like it's like soraya and suzanne in these dreams are being shown something that's beyond their normal abilities uh and i don't see any reason you couldn't also be shown something like that in your dreams you know right but, but i think it's it's almost like Maybe whatever's out there in in there, whatever, is aware that I'm probably not going to pay much attention to any kind of images like that because I just if I can't determine what something is, usually I'll just look away unless there's something else going on, like a blue mm. light. Yeah, like a blue <laughs> light. I can I can I can focus on a blue light, and uh, yeah, that that um, and then when it when it happens to move or be somewhere different, I notice that. So, yeah. What, yeah. yeah. It, in, that, your, in your dreams, though, James, like like. Do you see things more clearly in the dreams? Can you get more detail visually? No, no. So far as I've been able to tell, I've always had the same level of vision. Now, I did have one um, one experience where I feel like it might have been some kind of an alternate parallel reality where yeah. I was in a, inside the body of a different version of myself where mm. things looked the same, but I was in a area I didn't recognize and yet I was walking around without my white cane that I always have with me here. Mm -hmm. And and in that experience, that version of me didn't need it. They were okay with that. Oh, how interesting. And it, it didn't really startle me until after I woke up and was trying to figure out, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Oh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Didn't you have an experience where you saw an entity crystal clear? Uh, like a face or something? Let me see here. In, in a dream or outside of it? Outside uh, of it. Outside of it. I did see a uh, face one, one time. Oh, yes. Yeah. My first. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I've actually seen a couple of faces over the years. But um, <laughs> this. Yeah. My first experience I ever had with anything weird was um, at my cousin, my aunt and uncle's house, my cousin's house, which that's another one of those places that I've been to over the years a lot in my dreams and out of body experiences. Um, but yeah, the, the this was when I was about 13, 14, around there years mm. old. So 20 some years ago now. Um, my, I went to visit my cousin, uh, cause we were close. He was a few years younger than me. And, um, I went to visit him at his house. I used to go over there to visit, to, to be with him on weekends, just about every weekend, every other weekend for many years as we were growing up. And, uh, but this first time, once they moved into this house, uh, we, we, uh, I stayed overnight and, uh, the house was still, uh, pretty chaotic. Everyone was still unpacking things even in the basement there was um there were there were there was stuff all over the floor but there were paths that were had been you know cleared and so you could you could still easily get around mm. but um yeah so i was we were sitting on the couch bed that we were going to sleep in that night my cousin and i 
And of course, we were little kids, so couch bed it was a good sized couch bed, and so it seemed huge. So there's plenty of space. And we were just talking. I don't remember now what we were talking about because 25 or more years ago now. Right. Um, and just kid stuff, probably toys, video games, movies, whatever. And we were in the basement. Now this basement, uh, the lights did not all turn on at one at one switch. Each light had its own rope or, or cord that you pulled to turn it on or off. And so the only lights we ha- lights we had on was one right above us, and then one right by the stairs because the bathroom was upstairs. So, um, and we were sitting there and we were looking into the space behind the uh, the stairwell, which was where all like the plumbing, and electronics, and electric electrical stuff was at. And that was, of course, the darkest part of the basement. Mm-hmm. So my aunt and uncle had clotheslines strung up along the near the ceiling because it was a it was a five person family. So aunt, my aunt and uncle, and then they had three kids. And so they had all these clotheslines strung up, and some of them had sheets hanging down from them, like bed sheets. And oh, near the back, where, with, where one of these clotheslines and a, and a sheet was at, we both looked back there, and we both saw just the, the head of an elder, elderly woman, an older woman, above this clothesline. Now, we did not see any feet mm. beneath the, the bottom of the, the sheet. No, no feet, nothing where, where it could be standing on. And this was a clothesline that was up near the ceiling, which would have made this figure, if they had been standing, would have made them probably close to six feet, definitely over five and a half. Mm. And, and, but what was odd about it was, so my cousin at the time, he had regular vision. Of course, I did not, but we both saw the same thing. Mm. Even though this, this uh, apparition, whatever it was, she was all the way in the back of the basement, which meant I shouldn't have seen anything except for a, a blur mm-hmm. uh, or a, a, Flesh-colored blur inside of a the, the white hair-colored blur, you know, mm-hmm. her hair. But I could see details. I could see that her her hair was curly and kind of done like combed really nice or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I could see she had glasses. And I don't remember her eye color now, but I feel like it was a bright color, like a blue. Uh, but that's just a just a faint sort of impression I get from that memory, which of course it's a memory. Blue but again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. Um, and but she was looking at us, and she was. It was like she was glaring and frowning at us. And it was the sense I got was like, "Who are you, and what are you doing here?" Mm. And of course, you know, my cousin and I were freaked out at the time, yeah. and because we knew it wasn't a regular person. So yeah, so we did see that, and we just after we saw that, we did not look in that direction for the rest of the night. I, I, I wonder. There's, I wonder there's more of that story, but yeah. I wonder if you saw it, clo- you know, clearly because it wasn't something physical. Exactly. Mm. Yes, I think that's more to it that there was either it was non-physical, physical, and or it was connecting somehow directly with our minds, maybe. Yeah. Um, just something non, n- not normal for me was going on there for sure, and. And at the time we were frightened, but you know, looking back on it now, I, I don't, I don't think that she was evil in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't know those things. That's true. <laughs> it, it almost seems like proof, in a way, or very strong evidence that this type of phenomena sort of bypasses our normal physical perception, right? And it's it's some other kind of through our mind. Because yes. you just don't see it that level of detail, and like, do do you remember being struck by that when it was happening? Like, oh yes, I was yeah. very. I didn't. I didn't have very. I mean, I was fourteen, so I didn't have a 
very bit large vocabulary to describe right. why it was odd, but I knew it was like I, I, I remember thinking I should not be seeing this. Right. And like, would would you, you know. see someone at that level if they're up close normally? Like right yeah, but they'd have to be like almost nose to nose. Right. Okay. Right. To see that level of detail. You knew how to. You, you had seen faces at that level of detail before, but you knew that at that distance you shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's super amazing. Do you also think that maybe what if these um, apparitions are impressing on your mind what it is that you're seeing? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not necessarily exactly what you're seeing with your physical eyes. Yeah, the same way I got we got that feeling of you know what who are you what are you doing here we never there was never a voice right the, the face never moved the mouth yeah. never moved um, yeah. but we still got that sense you know loud and clear. Yeah. Well, this is, this is also why I don't think a lot of this stuff is what it appears to be. It's just the only way we know to perceive it. True, very uh-huh. true. Like we 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 don't have our Rolodex does not have the cards that apply to the stuff we're encountering, <laughs> so it's just yeah. getting the closest thing it can find. And in some cases, if you're if, because it's an unknown and the unknown's scary, you know we 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 look at that and our brain goes, I don't know, it's something scary. It's a ghost. It's a monster. It's a whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, that uh, that was my first experience. And I mean, it definitely. I didn't jump right in. I didn't want to look into all that stuff right away, but it's never left me. And I've had so many other experiences. And now I'm to the point where I, I, I'm, I usually trust how I feel about any given experience and if it's good or bad or not any, any way. And, and, but I also keep in mind, you know, that right. Being afraid of it doesn't make it, you know, negative necessarily. Right. And so it, that definitely all these experiences have, have helped and, and still help. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's been amazing. I was. I, I think was, it's. Go ahead. Oh, I was just reminded of the H.P. Lovecraft quote where he talks about uh, fear being the. Oh, how does he put it? Something about fear being one of the 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 core things of mankind, and the and the most intense fear is fear of the unknown. Yeah. True. True. I was just going to say I've heard so many stories of you know people that have had these sightings or visitations from you know, other otherworldly entities or even ghosts or apparitions or what have you and how frightened they were. And I've had so many encounters with these beings and they've never made me feel fear. Yeah. Which is really odd because I've heard stories with you know, I've seen greys and I've seen mantis beings and but I've never had this innate fear mm. that there was something, you know, malevolent happening between us. And yeah, definitely. I yeah, don't know I, why. It, it is. I tell people all the time whenever I'm talking with them for the first time, if they're not familiar with any of this, there's there's such a, a, a push in, the, in, of course, popular culture and entertainment, media and everything to um, make everything paranormal, everything unexplained. Mm-hmm. It has to be negative automatically. Well, scary, scary and, cells. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can probably count on one hand uh, the number of experiences I've had that were actually really scary and even less than that that where the experience was dealing with some kind of a negative force Mm. out of i mean dozens of experiences now over the years it's funny i don't have experiences every day Mm -hmm. um like i've heard i hear some people do uh but that but yeah people that have had no experiences they say well it sounds like you've had a lot of experiences and Mm -hmm. i always i'm I'm always thinking uh compared to some people not really (laughs) Mm -hmm. compared to suzanne (laughs) yeah 
Well, we are out of time, at least for the main portion of the show. Um, the uh, Oh, and that quote from H.P. Lovecraft, the exact quote was, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Oh, yes. Yeah, very yes. good. Um, Suzanne, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Random Alien Brain Droppings. Um, I have a podcast and I have a blog. Um, abductiawareness.blogspot.com and randomalienbraindroppings.podbean.com. Okay. And, and abductiawareness at gmail.com is my email address if you'd like to contact me. Okay. And do you have a book coming out? Well, yes. Just like yours, Soraya. <laughs> uh, mine's, mine's almost there. Okay. Well, I'm halfway there. How about that? All right. It's like the UFO is always arriving. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Disclosure's always coming. Yes, yes. Um, uh, so, Salcedo Paranormal is, is that the name of the podcast, James? Yes, that's my podcast, uh, and you can find that, if you just look up that name, uh, Salcedo, S-A-L-S-I-D-O, Paranormal. You can find that mostly, I, um, I, I use Podbean as well. You can also find it, I'm very lucky, I recently, last few months, um, my show is now being featured on an online radio station. Nice. Um, that is the Trouble, Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP, Digital Broadcasting. And uh, you can hear replays of two episodes of my show there every night. And um, that's if you just look up uh, KUAP-DB, uh, or uh, even just the Trouble, Trouble Minds Radio Network online, you can find that. And uh, yeah, I do podcast uh, as well. And and um, working on books as well here and there. And so, but yeah, very happy to be on that network. We have a lot of great friends there. And so if you're ever looking for things to listen to 24-7, uh, you can check that out. Uh, are your books out yet? I have some books that I've had out for some time, but um, okay. not the one that I'm working on, working on recently. No, it's not out yet. Okay. Hopefully within the next year. Uh, are they out under your name? Yes. Okay. And yeah. Leo... Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram at Strange Love Island, uh, where I've been putting up pictures and videos of stuff that's happening up on the island. Um, still lots of strange tree anomalies and more stuff that's happened this year. And I'm going to be going up there tomorrow. All right. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've actually connected with with the guy who works in film who wants to come up. And we're going to go up last week of September and um, and see what happens. Nice. nice. Yeah. Awesome. Good intro. All right. Sure thank, stuff. You. Yeah. thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Have you. Have a good night. Talk to you. I want to take a moment here to give a shout out to all of my Patreons because of you, this show continues to be possible. And I want to give a special shout out to those of you pledging $10 or more. Greg Ross, Illuminati, Leanne Cherry, Matt in Delaware, Allison Cook, Super Inframan, 36 Dingo, Tim, Andrew Nichols, Matthew Sproul, Christine, a blue second gen MR2 drifting around a Japanese mountain, Patricia Gaiaquinta, Alex Whitcomb, American Rambler, Andrew Maines, Ann Witowski, Barbara Fisher, Beverly Williamson, Big Boy Limina, Bright Rectangle, Charles Davis, Charles in Florida, Land of the Crazy and Communicable, CJ, Greg Parmenter, Diane B., MTK, Eric Citron, Eric Todd, History and Coffee, Jay, Jay Otto Bullet, Jack Huntington, James Lindsay, Janet Shaw Bins, Jim and Sophie, John Mattingly, John Bracken, Carla Mahoney, Kevin, Kevin Shrek, Cool Kitty, Kristen L., Laser Printer Jam, Lauren McLean, 
Linda, Linz Jackson K, MJ Armstrong, Mark Bowley, Mark Brady, Mr. Weird, Oli Andre Olar, Paul Jeffries, Riker and Stark, Ron Dupre, Sam Sharon, Schmooples, Devourer of Mortal Souls, Seed Person 1, Stacy Sherwood, Tactical Therapist, Taylor Bell, Thunderboy, Tyler Glimstead, Vincent Trewell, Will Gebhard, Will Powell, Ren Collier, Annabelle Smith, Caroline Walker, TDT Skunkworks, a crocodile, and Craig Sagastumi. Thank you all so very, very much. All right, there is a Patreon-only segment for this show where we continue this conversation for quite a while. Um, so that you will be getting, if you're a patron, if you want to become a patron, just go to wheredidtheroadgo.com and click on the big Patreon link. And, that, and you can sign up through their site. And uh, I am working on some alternatives to Patreon for those of you who don't want to use Patreon. But Patreon's the only one letting me do it at $3. Uh, everything else will be a couple dollars more. Not through my doing, but that's just the minimum uh, they're allowing. So uh, I don't plan on changing the Patreon thing. So let's. it's been that way since the beginning. Three bucks. All right. Um, I want to welcome some new Patreons. Dave Donovan. Teresa Gunderson, Astrid Steinhibler, Janine Thompson, Derek, and Philip Davis. I hope you all enjoy the extra content. All right, to take you out, we're going to hear a brand new song from Vrangvent. Uh, it's a very dark one, and it's called My Restraint. If you want to know more about the band, just go to vrangvent.com. That's V-R-A-N-G-V-E-N-D-T.com. All right, and I will see you all next time.
You have been listening to Where Did the Road Go? This show is made possible in part from our Patreons, and we thank you and everyone listening for helping us continue this exploration of the strange. You can always find everything Where Did the Road Go related at www.wheredidtheroadgo.com. And thank you so much for your support.